Leanne Hart is a mighty servant to God who wears many hats. Be sure to share this podcast, like it, and review it. Also follow Leanne Hart on all her social media platforms. Hey everybody, this is Leanne Hart with Leanne Hart Ministries and... It has taken me quite a little bit to get this next guest to sit across the table from me so that we could talk about some stuff, but I am excited to say that my husband, J.W. Hart, is actually the guy, the guest, the one and the only, and uh, I've got some questions for him today because we have come through a lot in our marriage. We have come through a lot um, in our, in our relationship, uh, we've been together for like, I don't know, 20 years, uh, at this point, this is our 18th year of marriage, 18, 18 <laughs> years of marriage. And, uh, anyway, I think that some, I think we got some things to give some good and some maybe bad, uh, to kind of highlight, to help other people, kind of grow through their stuff, and therefore, hey, J-Dub. Hello, how you doing today? (laughs) He is not comfortable about this, I can promise you. This is totally outside of his comfort zone, but he's got a wife that's constant Mm. about trying to pull him into areas that he's like, listen, I don't like wearing shorts, I'd rather wear Wranglers, so... That's where we are, is in an uncomfortable place for J.W. Hart, and I'm all right with it. I really am. Get all right with it. Good grief. I'm all right with it. You hold the key to my happiness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, I'm going to, I want to start with something light. Like, what's one of your favorite moments from the weekends spent in, I don't know, how many years total have you been with PBR? Like, whether you were riding bulls, whether you were commentating, whether you were hauling bulls, uh, what's, what's some of your favorite moments i don't know if you can narrow it down to one but how many yeah, years have you there's been no way there's absolutely no way to narrow it to one um event one day one thing one happening it's just a we was talking about it with some guys that was getting on bulls yesterday he's talking about rodeoing and being able to just go and be whatever you want to be and end up wherever you want to end up. Those are times that when when you were single or whatever and rodeoing and you you had a home, but you didn't have to go home to it. Um, your home was where you was at and wherever the day led. And just the memories of that stuff was, was that could be one. And then, um, you know, as life turns and, you start going to bull ridings and stuff and you're providing for a family through those winnings and stuff. Those are special moments, but there's too many just to <laughs> to just say which one was the favorite or best. Do you ever feel like when you're trying to accomplish something that, you know, once you hit a goal, there won't be anything better? Oh, yeah. It's like the first time you win a big check, there's never another poor day (laughs) (laughs) until Wednesday. And then you're poor again, and then you're like, oh, i got to go win another one. Well, and today, I mean, we're talking about marriage, so I'm just kind of curious. 
when you think about marriage, because you were in a seven-year relationship before me, and there was no marriage, but then I kind of walked into your life, and then we decided to, we kind of kicked it up a notch. We both knew that we loved each other. I mean, everybody, most everybody knows that is listening to this. Like, I might have dated before, but I never said, I love you, and, and you, I mean, like, you were the guy for me. Like, I said it fast. I'm looking at you right now. I'm still grinning, kind of <laughs> blushing a little bit. <laughs> still getting nervous around you because because I do love you. But there do, that doesn't mean that there there have been, you know, days that weren't hard. And so I feel like it's important that we share about our marriage and we talk about the new things that we're walking through now with, what, you know, you're no longer riding the PBR. You're, you're not commentating anymore. You've stepped up as a coach for PBR teams for the Kansas City Outlaws. Uh, we've fostered kids for years, and now they're, this is a different sort of raising up in this generation. And so we've we've gone through a lot, and now we're maybe at a place where we're pouring back out what we've grown in. And so when I'm, when we talk about marriage, I'm just curious, like, what were your expectations of marriage whenever we first said, I do? Or you said, you bet. <laughs> I thought it was all going to be a honeymoon. Um, looking back, I don't know if I knew. Like now I know what marriage is about. I'm more mature about it. Um, but at the time, I was more late 20s. And and just, I don't know that you really ever know till you get the experience of it. I mean, nobody knows what it, what it feels like to ride a bull till you get on one. Nobody knows what it's like to be you know 92 points until you've been 92 points or nobody knows what it's like to to you know to surf a 50-foot wave until you've surfed one or took a car around uh texas motor speedway at 200 mile an hour until you've taken one um so marriage until you've experienced it nobody knows and i don't know what my expectations was i I just found somebody that I felt like I couldn't live without and, and uh, was ready to try that phase of life, I guess. And um, Luckily, it's worked out pretty good. <laughs> Has it always been easy to be selfless versus being selfish? Um, I think it's... It depends on where you're talking. If you're talking about um, a neighbor or someone in need um, or somebody needing advice, it's pretty easy to be selfless and, and help and give the shirt off your back. But when it's when it's your wife or your, your family, um, that's when I think we become selfish. Like, it's so hard to, like, you, I can be meaner to you than I can any other woman on the planet. Yeah. And you can be meaner to me than you can anybody else on the planet because we know we're not stuck with each other, but we're tied together. We're never, we don't have the option of forgetting about the other one and waving them off or leaving. <laughs> yeah. So... It it's harder to be selfless with you or with or you with me or me with 
uh, you know, our, our own family. We put our families in each other second behind other people, so. You know, your favorite Bible verse is Hebrews 13 and 2. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. And you've always had an open door policy, which basically is what you just said. It's easier to be nicer to other people than sometimes, and we take advantage. And I think there's also times where it is easier to be selfless with those that we love the most because we know they're going to love us anyway. Yeah. And, and there's, there's always there's, options. There's both sides to every coin. So. Right. Yeah. Um, it's 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 mm-hmm. easy it's easy to get entangled and turn whichever direction's easiest for you. Yeah, it's true. I was thinking about um, I think it was about 14 years ago when we hit a lick in our marriage. That I mean, we were really considering the expiration date of it. And not because one of us was going to leave the planet and go to heaven. <laughs> we were we were considering divorce. And it was because of, of a lot of things that we... Everybody's got to struggle, you know. And at the time, we had been struggling with having children for years. <clears throat> and so dealing with me and depression and, and uh, just dark times, I think that was probably hard for you in some areas to... to truly know how to give me what you thought I needed and it was never really good enough because I was trying to figure out why I couldn't have children but then you struggled with some things too and uh, we both we both hit a lick do you want to share about your struggles I think the majority of people know what my struggles were um, and I think too it reminds me of the story in first Samuel where Hannah was trying to get pregnant and she was one of two wives of of a man and um one wife could have the children and the other wife couldn't and uh, she was the one that couldn't and the husband couldn't figure out why you know uh, he wasn't good enough and and she couldn't just be happy with with him and and what she had and it just caused a lot of friction she ended up getting pregnant and she uh was the mother to a prophet named Samuel who ended up prophesying and anointing King David but there were times you see in their marriage where the husband wasn't enough for the wife and the wife wasn't enough for the husband. And um, I don't know what he was struggling with, but I know what she was struggling with. So will you share some of the things that maybe like you've, you know, what's caused friction for me and you on your side? Uh, Stupidity and just the fact that um, I think I think there's this um, kind of a nostalgia around the expectations of the cowboy life, and you get caught up in it. And sometimes old fun stuff creeps back up, and to go have fun, drink and party, and have a good time, and and uh, one thing might lead to another, and. Before you know it, you're in over your head and about to lose a family over it, over yes. silly stuff. I remember asking you when we were going through what I feel like was hell at the time, because it definitely wasn't peace in the house, <laughs> saying, you know, where do you think, where do you think we went wrong? And I think I would ask today, like, when did, when do you feel like we stopped talking about things? And when do you think we stopped communicating and and where do you, where do you feel like we went wrong in our marriage 
uh, years ago? I don't think we stopped communicating. I think we just, we never had to communicate on uh, disagreement stuff or what was wrong in our marriage. Um, we didn't have no problem discussing what was right, having fun and partying and doing things and living life and long as things are good, it's easy to discuss those things. We just never hit the rough part. Um, and when we did, we didn't know how to discuss through it or talk through it or work through it. And so I don't know that that we went wrong. We just never knew. We never had to go through it. So when it happened, it just, it was tension and you thought I was wrong. I thought you was wrong and we both stood our ground and the hell with what she thinks, the hell with what he thinks. Um, he's wrong, she's wrong. And we just, two alphas butted heads all it was. When you say two alphas butted heads, I think I, I think my perspective is probably a little bit different because regardless of, I don't think we stayed there very long. I no. think both of us wanted to kind of get through the crap. Like it was like, this is not from God. This is terrible. This is so bad. <laughs> and I hate, and I hate being in a mess like that where. Well, we was both smart enough to know. That's the, maybe where the difference of some, not anybody's not smart, but we was smart enough to know that at the end of the day, I loved you. You loved me. We were, pretty invested in each other and it would have been not just stupid but it would have been against our oath that we give to God that we didn't stick it out we didn't try we didn't we didn't carry through um our word to him and that meant enough to both of us uh that it 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 weighed on both of us to to give it that second effort or third effort, or fourth, fourth. effort, <laughs> to to make it work, to stick it out, uh, and and do what do what's right, really. Yeah. Um, do you feel like like how did your mom and dad handle conflict? Did their <laughs> did the way they handle it? You feel like affected the way you handled it, like the pattern was. Well, I think. I think it did for me. I'll share, I mean... Well, my mom and daddy, they either didn't fight or it was a screaming, cussing. And, but that's how they got past That's how they got it. That, and that was their way of communicating and talking it out, I guess. I, um, I can only remember really a handful of fights my mom and daddy had over 20 years of where it got to where they was screaming at each other. And, and they were married how long? Um, <laughs> I don't Put know. you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. To death doing part. Yeah. I mean, it was for for all of them. We'll have to get. We'll have years. to fact yeah, check that. Yeah, fact check that. A long time, <laughs> forever. Yeah. Um, but that's just how they communicated. Was scream. They didn't sit down at a table and talk or have a podcast and work it out or whatever. Um, it it was just, but. It didn't last very long either. They screamed and fought and 
it was over. Mm-hmm. So that's how they communicate. And sometimes, you know, as well as I do, that's how I communicate sometimes, screaming. Well, for me, I'm a communicator and I like to talk it out. So sometimes I know that I can chase you down and it can get worse. So I've learned that <laughs> if I chase you down, it's going to get worse. A lot of times I need to let you go off and and, and, and have some space. And, and also it gives me a minute to think about things. But I know that for myself, the patterns that my parents painted was not, uh, it was screaming and hollering and and I remember as a kid, for me, my parents didn't just get over it. Like, they're, that's different. For you, your parents got through it. However, they may have got through it, made up, and went on. Um, whether they forgot and forgave, I don't know. But I know that mine, you know, ended up divorced. And so, for me, I, I felt like I was kind of a runner. And whenever you and I hit a lick, and it was really, really bad. And and when you're in a small town and things affect, it's a everything around you is kind of affected. I became a hermit. I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want anybody else talking about you, but I could talk about you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, because I was angry and I'm hurt and I'm mad and same way with you. Like, like we get to a place where we're like, we get angry and we get hurt and we get mad and, um, and, and trying to find help outside of that was hard too, because it was hard to find help that was healthy. And, um, I remember, like my dad, Sharon, and my mom both, Sharon, that they regretted not working things out, you know, that there was that too, and and that it would be worth it. And do you feel like when we started that Love Dare book that that was something that helped you? I know I didn't, you were being great about the Love Dare book. You were writing down, you were doing all the things, and at first I was like, I don't care about your gifts, I don't want the freak, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to be mad. But how do you feel like that kind of helped, the Love Dare book? Well, just reading the scriptures through it and and uh, the the dares and things. Um, the the guidance that it give you to, to go back to what really mattered. To understand that you're not always right. Sometimes you're wrong. It's okay to be wrong. And it's okay for the other one to be wrong and it's alright and, and not just alright. But mandatory that you forgive and uh to make it work so it it was good um and i and i can say that because i feel like uh i come out a winner of it so i'm gonna say i'm not necessarily saying that saved our marriage right um but it, it was a guidance a guiding factor to helping you know understand my faults, my inabilities to navigate rough waters. So, yeah, it was. Yeah. And when you bring other people into your marriage, and I'm just going to kind of keep it simple with that because, and we're not labeling anybody today because we, we both have, we've walked through so much forgiveness in, in, in that area but for me, I don't believe there's any freedom without forgiveness. And I'm a way better forgiver than you are. You're getting better at it. You feel like you're getting better? I'm just as good. Just I, <laughs> It takes longer. <laughs> you can do it in five minutes. It might take me five months. And that's forgiveness for me, too. Like, forgiving me. Like, not, I'm not talking about people that are outside of our marriage. But, like, 
you know, sometimes you hold people to the fire a little bit longer. If they need it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what Jesus would do, right? <laughs> Come on now. You know I'm poking on you a little bit. It's not, it, what I'm getting at is this. It's not always easy to line yourself up with the Word of God. But it does feel a lot better once you get there. Once you can do that. Right? Well, you sure don't have to hide nothing. Then that's the, that's the thing. If you don't have to, if, if you're high, if you have to hide something, then it's wrong. And it's uncomfortable. And then you have to worry about it. You have to remember something. And you have, but when you're free of all that, it, there's no way it can't be better. So I'm gonna I'm gonna even I'm gonna vamp it up a little bit more and I'm gonna turn that heat up and you're gonna be like, why are we talking about this? But you know, what was your understanding of sex before marriage? Did you relate it more to like cultural, worldly design or God's design? Because I mean, obviously we had sex before marriage and we lived together before marriage. I wasn't raised that way, you were raised that way. Um we lived a little bit on the wild side for, for a while. And I know for myself, uh, I often felt like, and, it, and I don't even know if it's because you made me feel this way. I don't think it was that, like you made me feel this way. But because being in the PBR and being in the limelight, being around, you know, women that are recklessly abandoning all of their clothing sometimes and showing off all the goods. Like I, I compared myself to several people and you know, a lot of you times you were all over me that night. <laughs> that you was the first night. It. That was the first you night. You started it. Yes, I did. And you French kissed me I first. Did. I did French kiss you first. That was back in the day, you know? Yeah. I'm just talking about later when we got <laughs> married like, a lot of that stuff still carried over, and I really didn't think I was, you know, it's like, what are you competing with? Like, why do I feel like I need to be more in an area? But I'm serious. Like, what was your what was your understanding of sex before marriage? Like, what did that look like? <clears throat> and what does it look like now? I mean, but what did it look like then? I was, it was never a thought. It was never a thing. Like, I, I literally, it, it for all the church I ever went to, I, if it was, I'm sure it was, but I never, you know, I didn't, it wasn't even in my world. Were you, were you really, were you raised in church though? Like, were you raised No, that but way? I mean, we went to church every so often or whatever, but um, not, not, not near as much as I should have or you was or uh, whatever, but it just never, I, I, and I guess probably knew it was, I was supposed to hold out, you know, till marriage, but, Look, the path I chose to make a living, that's probably the farthest thing from where <laughs> anybody thinks. So, Do you um, feel like that brought consequences into our marriage because of not really recognizing what that could have done to our marriage? Yeah. I mean, now. I mean, but we're talking... 15 years later. Yeah, but there are people that are going to listen that are in that place right now. Like, they're not well, married. I, I know. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, but we're talking 15 years later. I mean, and I'm talking about from like when we're married to 15 years in, when 10, 15 years in, you realize, you know, 
that that and after you know our faith and and our walk in the church and stuff and the and the things we do, and you look back and go, man, I really, I really was a mess up. Like I, I did things so wrong. And, but then there's that even that still that part you go, boy, it was so fun. Because sin is fun for a yes. season. I mean, the word the the Bible says that, right? And, and but you just think it was so wrong. Like I, I, I wasn't much I'd done right, really, you know. And it just. I do regret it, but I, I, the human side of me goes, man, I had so much fun. Yeah, and we don't think and about... It, and, and I don't want to just point it at, at the sex, that it was so much fun. Um, just the friends and the, the fun we had, and that... Because I, I don't want to say just the sex. Oh, I, I had so much fun having <laughs> yeah. that, doing right. that. Um, that's not what I'm trying to say. But it the is, limelight can just, be kind of sexualized. No, for sure. Well, in ever sport, basically. Right. <clears throat> but it, it just, I don't know. I, 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 and I know guys, even in the rodeo world, that waited till marriage. And I admire that. And, and uh, you know. But I don't want to go in the past and worry and ward about it. Uh, and spend my spend my day worrying why and fretting over the past because that was the past and today's today and tomorrow's coming quick. You know, you and I were reading that married sex book that um, my girlfriends had sent to me, and they were, it talks about a lot of times even people that do wait to have sex. You know, it's like it's almost like a letdown or a disappointment because you put so much on that instead of actually what waiting really looks like building your relationship with one another growing closer being able to communicate being able to talk like removing all the stuff in between and it's more than just that I think sometimes we make it just about that but it's more marriage is more than just that that's a that's a bonus and it's God's plan but the friendship is something that comes out you know that happens outside of the bedroom um the communication, the way that you connect and the way you can trust one another and the things you can build that you don't have with anybody else on an intimate level. Like what you even said, like I know that you can be more real than me with me than you can be with other people. And I get that part of you. Um, but that's all part of it. Do you, you know, like that's all part of it is like growing together. It's more than just the one thing, just the sex or whatever. Well, I think us men are a little different than you women. So it's just sex for you. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you're saying? No. Okay, I'm just making sure to clarify. But it's probably higher (laughs) on our list than it is yours. (laughs) Yeah. True story. True story. And you know what? I mean, like, love languages. Some people's love languages is definitely touch first. That's probably... You're t- touching time. Like, you are a jealous husband. You like to have that time. And mostly, I'm not, I'm always like, maybe he just wants me to open gates. I don't know, but. <laughs> Touch me, turn me on, and burn me down. <laughs> yeah. So, on another note, like, um, what has raising, what's raising four little girls taught you about women in general? Mm. As we come off the sex conversation. Yeah, I don't 
dad. <laughs> that wasn't in your mind. Put it in somebody's mind, though. I don't even know how to put it into words. Having a 14-year-old daughter that is beautiful, and you're like, oh, my God. And then you got two or three other ones coming up that are just beautiful, and you're like, oh. Okay. How's that change your thought you product? You just want to teach them the respect that they deserve, that they... that. Everybody owes them, and let them let them that they are to be respected. Why? Well, because I, I was once a young man or boy, and and probably didn't respect a lot of women the way I probably should have, or the way they they were deserved. Who taught you? Not that I did anything wrong, but like, do you feel like it it's just, because? You know, like nobody was teaching you how to respect a woman like that. Like, was that a conversation? Well, I was always you had? taught to respect women. You, you, you know, and you respect them, but but you also think, well, if it's consensual, you know, I mean, I just want them to respect themselves because if they respect themselves enough, then the boys will have to respect them. But consensual still isn't Christ-like. I didn't say that. I know. I'm just making a statement. I'm just. I'm just saying if they <laughs> if they're strong enough and respect themselves enough, then they don't need the little boys to tell them what they want to hear. So, so I, I, I can't really put it in words. But, but you're saying just, that's a daddy's job to do for their yes. little girls. Yeah. So men step up. For sure. Men step up. What's your biggest piece of advice um, that you can give to men listening? Um, Especially whenever they get to a place where maybe they want to quit. Well. In relationship, in marriage. There's two parts of it, really. There's the part where that day comes where you, you start looking over the fence. You know? Um, because there, that's the beginning of the trouble is when you look over the fence, look elsewhere for whatever satisfaction or gratification or approval or whatever, attention or whatever. Um, that's the first problem is, is looking elsewhere. And if my advice would be if it, when, when that happens, you have to identify it. And you got to shut it down immediately. Because um, if you don't, it snowballs and it grows. And it's like a cancer. Without treatment, it, 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 won't, it won't do nothing but get worse. And, but once it's happened, um, well, back up to, to the first thought of looking over the fence, as I call it, or whatever, um, is to get back in the pages that you're flipping through. Um, back in the Word, back in the in the way um, God and Jesus wants to be and, and uh, desires us to be, that'll turn a lot of that attention away from... Uh, 
other ways. But then there's always the when you get to, you you didn't do it then. You didn't you didn't put the fire out then, and you've let it kind of start running wild on you. Um, it's still as simple as going back to that book. Um, no matter how big that wildfire gets and spreads, it's the same the same thing, the same person will put that fire out, and that's God. Whether it's at day one or day two or at year two. Um, and without it, I know ours wouldn't have made it. Just the quicker you get back to him is the quicker that fire gets put out. You feel like it's like the basics of like going back to your foundation. And on, I think a lot of times people don't really have a firm foundation in Christ. When you were speaking, when you were just sharing that, it reminded me that there's probably going to be a lot of things people hear and they may question, you know, what you're saying. But when they go a little further into this podcast, they're going to hear that you're you're constantly reminding us, but you've reminded yourself that you've got to seek God first. And it made me think of the, of the verse in Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. And I know you weren't raised like that, seeking God first. You can, we can all, and, and you know, I was raised in church, but that doesn't mean I was really seeking God first in all things, especially whenever you're going to church on a Sunday and and there's fighting and feuding in your house. It just doesn't live right. It doesn't, it doesn't work the right way. You know, you feel like it's not real. You know, when your faith feels fake in a way. Um, but it, but when I was listening to you talk, I was listening to what you're saying. You keep reminding yourself, me, and everyone listening to go back to God first, seek Him first. And when you think about that, you seek God first, and in your life and it really means putting you putting him thirst first and making um and asking him to fill your thoughts uh with his desires so it was like god what's your desire you know what's your desire for me and 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 using his character to help you walk in that in the right kind of pattern it's you know um learning to serve him in everything and and there is no perfect christian out there there's no perfect person out there except for Jesus so I think a lot of times it's not easy for people to recognize how much grace they've been given as well as how much grace they can give to others um, that God will sweep up that mess but putting it to practice isn't easy you know it's like you telling these guys this is all you have to do on this bull and then them putting it to practice may not be necessarily as easy because they've been practicing something longer than what you've been preaching something to them. And so it does take practice. It takes consistency, learning to seek God first. And that was my go-to. You and I struggle when it, when we, when we hit hard times, it was, I fell in hard and fast with God. I mean, I gave my life, I rededicated everything to him, just fell in the deep bucket. That wasn't easy for you. Cause I was like, Jesus, this Jesus, that, and you weren't there. And, um, I just kept seeking God first and a lot of the way that I was able to forgive you and to move on and to constantly forgive, forgive, forgive. It's not like I forgot. I was able to forgive and really trust that God was going to do something good in this, you know, and 
I started to seek him first in everything. And, and so like our struggle didn't last one day or three months. It was four years because of the patterns that kept coming back around. And I'm not going to sit here and post blame. Oh, this was just all your thing for four years. I mean, the problem started with, with you and then me. And then, you know, we identified what the problem was and it still went on for four more years, but I did not, I, I, I surrendered the problem to God. I kept seeking him first. And the hardest thing for me to do in the middle of that problem was to seek God first and to forgive anyway, because I was pissed. I mean, I was angry and you're this tough cowboy. You're supposed to be taking care of this family. And it was not easy to do that. And then you were, you know, getting mad at yourself. And then I'm like, not wanting you to be mad at yourself. I'm wanting you just to quit doing this and just move on. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, but seeking God first was the key to healing our marriage. And it, and it was my go-to for a long time. And it still is my go-to today. But like that go-to had to become consistent. It had to be something that I was constant walking out because I don't believe that you truly thought maybe I gave, I had surrendered everything to Jesus at first. And that was maybe, do you feel like that? Like it was so fresh and so new. We had lived so wild for so long and like it wasn't the way that we lived. Like it wasn't Christ first for the majority of our early years in marriage, you know? And so like it takes consistency. If, if I tell you, J.W. Hart, guess what I can do? I'm going to go out and ride a bull. Are you going to believe me? No. I mean, it's, you got to see somebody do it. And that, do you feel like that makes, am I coming across yeah, Make any I mean, sense. yeah, I know why you wasn't <clears throat> all in from day one. That was, but it, it was pretty intimidating too, just because. Okay. Um. Then some, you know, you have to look at that other person and go. They've done something that I'm not sure I can do. So what and he's that, saying, and, that, and that could that could be the deal breaker. Unfortunately, is one person surrendering, uh, surrendering it and getting and getting right, if you want to, for lack of better terms, um, and then the other one not being able to. That may be what causes the divorce. That may be what causes the separation. That may be, and you know, I. I don't have a problem sitting here today saying I'm I'm not where you're at, but I don't know if there's anybody in the world where you're at. <laughs> it's crazy, you know how how in depth you are um, in your faith, and and it's admirable. It's it's awesome. Um, like to hear you say a cuss word now is is oh my god rare. <laughs> you know, or, 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 so. But it's still there. It's, it, he's letting y'all know it's, they're still there. It's still no, there. They're still I'm there. Human. She's got them. They're good ones too. But, <laughs> you know, so I may not be to the point where I don't say two cuss words a year, but that's okay too. I'm that's where right. I'm at. That's right. And I've had to be okay with that because I think when we first fell in and we were first moving through this, like I was like, I thought in order for us to be where we needed to be, you needed to be where I was. 
and that was wrong. I just, the point was we both needed to be seeking God and I needed to trust God with you because it, like you said, it was intimidating, you know, it was intimidating for, and you said that to me, you were almost jealous of my relationship with God. So another thing, like, what would you say to somebody that wants to give up on their relationship now that you've kind of said that may be the deal breaker? Because for me, I'm like, why wouldn't you want to be free? Why wouldn't you want to be, why wouldn't you want to surrender what's, what's keeping you bound? That's the other side of the coin that the one that it takes two to make that decision. And I'm okay with not being where you're at, but the other side's got to be okay with not being where the other one is. And like we might be light years apart, but we're still on the same side. Right. And I mean, I guess if one, one side of it can live with the other side being an idiot, then they're all right. But, um, and that, that, and that, I say that with tongue in cheek because, um, I wouldn't be okay if you were having an affair. That, well, that's what, yeah. that's what I'm saying. But if somebody else is, that's their, you know, it ain't right, but whatever. It just, we're, we're where we are. And luckily and, and blessed that we are, that we're both, um, so what would you stronger in our faith. Somebody that wants to, and, and what do you say to the people that say marriage expires and they just want to give up on the relationship because they're not willing? I mean, like, how do you feel, how do you think conflict strengthen our areas, our weak areas of our relationship? I mean, like, did you ever think being, that you were going to accomplish any goal in bull riding by just jumping off or looking at the ground? Why would you even nod your head? Why would you even put your hand in the rope? Well, I was far enough along in my faith or my belief that when we got married, when we stood there and give our oath in front of God and 450 people, um, that that's what I meant to do. Um, I, I, I may not be the greatest person in the world, but I feel like my handshake and my word is my bond. And that's, if I say something, that's, damn well in what I tend to do and and that be it end of all end of discussion um and I did I give my word to God that day that 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 we were to be together uh richer for poor sickness or health until death do us part and we quit using the word divorce when we went that first time I know that like it might have been four years of struggle but we stopped. So we, we said to one another, we will never use that word again. I, I, okay, because I don't ever remember it coming up, really. It was up. I, I, it was on the table. I got to say, because okay, I, don't, I don't ever remember. Maybe I blocked that out or something. I just don't remember it's really going that. I'm, I'm sure it was on the table for both of us, but I don't ever remember it being spoke out like it was never I'm gonna to go to a lawyer draw the papers up but it was definitely tossed around okay I, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I advice to men out there don't argue it she's right <laughs> well football said what did he say to you one time just say yes yeah, say uh-huh just say uh-huh well did you ever think that uh, you and I will be at the place that we are right now being able to help others in their marriage. 
Uh, I didn't see uh, us there. Uh, 14 years ago, no. Like, I, I w- it was hard to see it in the middle of a storm. Uh, that then I, I didn't know where the storm was at, where the storm was even at, or where the clear skies were, much less a podcast or helping somebody in a marriage or trying to be an example. I don't know. Do you feel, where do you feel like you struggle trusting God the most? You know, I don't know that I've. And I guess we all have it to certain extents, but um, I really feel comfortable saying that I I'm cool with all of it to him. Like I know financial stuff, hard times, and struggles uh, in today's world are without a doubt high pro- high. Everybody's highest priority. Um, I feel, I really, and I don't mean to brag or nothing, but I really feel comfortable that I, I can give it all to him. Like I, I don't struggle worrying, um, you know, where the next paycheck is or, or the next feed bill's going to get paid or where the next meal's coming from or the truck payment or the tires or fertilizer or hay, um, or my my kids' clothes, or braces on her teeth, or um, it's it's weird. It really is. And it's hard to describe. I guess I, I I guess I do worry sometimes, but I I really do try to release it to him and go. You know. Do you worry for the kids' future, like for this generation? Well, not well, yeah, but just because of our our government and our the times of the the stuff that's upon our children. That should never be. Um, but I, I don't have a problem with that towards God. I have a problem with that towards the people that aren't uh, paying attention to God. So would you say that today you did something that you may have... Like, because God tells us to go out and tell our stories, but I know that this was a hard one for you to do. Just So would you encourage others to tell their stories of, of hope and healing? And this is how people grow. Like, this is pouring into the next generation. So, like, people need to hear hope. Like, we went through hell in our marriage. Like, you know, and so I think it's important to take advantage of the advantage we have as, as Christians. If you've been healed, pour it out. It, he didn't heal you, so you keep it to yourself. Well... Leanne, we all do it in different ways. And just because a podcast is your way don't mean a podcast is my way. Um, maybe my way is a, a husband coming to me and us sitting in a pickup or riding across pasture for four hours or something visiting. Because, um, yeah, I am uncomfortable here. That's not my deal. But I'm trying to be obedient and serving to my wife to do what she wants to do. Oh, so you don't feel like this is what God wants you to do? Take up your heart. <laughs> you want to be real or not? I'm, I'm I mean, it's real. I, I, this is not my comfort zone. Well, I think he's proud of you. That's fine. And I'm grateful for that. But um, mine's not to be on a podcast talk about it. Mine's the one-on-one type. Um, but I'm okay with that. I'll... If you feel 
that it's our our place to to share and to do this well it's it's you or me and I am you so I here I am out of my comfort zone sitting at a table in a bunkhouse talking about stuff that makes me uncomfortable not God just our situations am I easy to live with no <laughs> Well, sometimes. Am I really that hard to live with? Because you know there's a lot of cowboy churches and people I talk to and men don't think I'm easy to live with. They're right. There you go. There's times, yeah. I don't know how we've stayed married. That must be nearly impossible. The good good Lord. (laughs) What makes me hard to live with? I don't know. I really don't. There ain't nothing that we can't get through. I think we're all hard to live with at times. Well, if you're going to want to... When you get into marriage, it's to help one another, to grow one another. And I think sometimes you're stubborn and you don't want to grow. And sometimes I'm it stubborn and no, I don't want to it, grow. It wouldn't be no fun if it was all with, all roses. So a few weeks ago, we said that we should look at every problem as an opportunity to exercise our faith. And I think the most important place that anybody can utilize the growth and the opportunity of problems is in your homes because that's where our kids see it the most. And we're raising generations that need to see families not hide from hard times, but to heal through them. And I'm... Oh, I've told my, I've told my kids a couple of times. They want something. I say, I ain't got the money. We're poor. And I had the money in my pocket. Yeah. But they got to they gotta know that sometimes there just ain't enough money to go around. Last and there's been some stuff I didn't have the money they wanted. But. <laughs> <laughs> Most times when Wacy wants something, he's got a pretty uh, expensive little list there. But um, we want a power parachute. We ain't really got the money to splurge on a power parachute. <laughs> All right, you've got these so outlaws. Somebody's got a power parachute out there. They want to donate. Do you think? Do you we think y'all all heard Jazz's podcast a few weeks ago, and you've kind of seen Jazz rolling through me, rolling with me on on uh, Instagram and different places, and she's really wanting to be an outlaw. She's wanting to ride bulls. What do you think about that, J Dub? <laughs> Jazz, if you could see his face, he's 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 kind of shaking his head. I'm all for it. All for it. So, Go what do you see for your outlaws? You've got some Brazilians on there. You've got. Let's close with this. What do you see for the Kansas City Outlaws in PBR teams? Um, it's going to be tough. There's some teams that are um, pretty stacked, but we went young. Um, and you look at the teams that you call stacked. They all have got age on them. So, uh, but they have experience. But, but with. With age and experience, sometimes you lose fire. And I think the guys that we've drafted and the guys that we have, um, we have youth and we have fire and we have desire. Um, and that that surpasses um, a lot of that that experience because sometimes you can put too many Chiefs in one tenth. And uh, I think all our guys are hungry. Um, we've got, you know, four guys coming from Brazil that are 
are very hungry for success in bull riding, and they want to practice every single day. And just a communication back and forth, not even shaking hands with them yet, you can just sense the the desire in them to come here to make a better life. And it's pretty cool because they used to come here pretty blinded. Now they come here with them with a coach that's from here, speaks English, of course, whatever, um, but knows knows the routes around and knows the ways. Um, so we should be able to help them transition faster and better and stronger. And um, it's so funny sometimes we hear people, well, I just wish they wouldn't let the Brazilians ride here and just make them. Well, that's not the best bull rider in the world. And I, I truly am a fan of bull riding, and I want the, the best guy to win. If he's Brazilian, if he's Mexican, Canadian, Australian, American, black, white, brown, and indifferent. To be a fan of bull riding, you want the, every guy to be the best they can be. And right now, the hungry guys are from Brazil because they are truly looking for a better life. And uh, and that's where I want There's That's the ones I want to coach. That's the ones I want to take in and help is the ones that want to get better. And they're hungry. No matter where they're from and hungry to ride bucking bulls and it doesn't matter where they're from we we've stumbled across four guys in brazil we've got four or five americans on our team um i think it's a good mix so we shall see closing with one thing you had said something a while back to someone that whenever you put a problem on somebody, it's up to you to peel it off. Whatever you put on somebody, it's up to you to peel off. So I think it it would maybe be encouraging to hear what you mean by that, and then we'll just call it a day. Because I think for me, when I've put things on you, it's my responsibility to peel those things off of you. I put something on you 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 were never meant to be covered up with, whether it be words, actions, or choices. But like... In marriage well, and closing you, out with that. You're speaking of an instance, a man that we visited with, that that him and, and their wife, just like you and I was, I'll put it in you and I's circumstances, is I've done stuff to hurt you, and I put that pain on you. And it was my job to peel that off and let you uh, be loved again because you were so calloused of the things for what I had done to our marriage, what I had done to you, uh, and not physically to you, just things that I had done to hurt your feelings, to hurt your pride, to hurt your our family, to hurt. Um, and when that's happened, it's my job. It, it's it's not uh, it's not our pastor's job. It's not it's not. Uh, a counselor's job it's not our friend's job it's nobody else's job but for me the man of the house to fix what I broke and until until whoever done this figures that out they'll That's continue okay. to they'll continue to have that same problem over and over and over mm-hmm. so applying what Jesus did and knowing that you can do all things through Christ like nothing's too tough for him but surrendering and really letting him do it that's part of it and so seek God first 
Well, God, God will help you uh, fix that problem. But he'll hand you the tools, but he's not going to turn the wrench for you. There you go. He'll hand you the tools, but he's not going to turn the wrench. And with that, we will we will shut her down because that's a good word. All right. So, anyway, thanks, guys, for sitting with us. You guys can keep following us. Um, hope you enjoyed this podcast, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>